This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. First up this hour, is the job interview process becoming too complicated and too time-consuming? We get into it. So this comes from an article that was recently published in Vox, admittedly from an uh, American context, talking about how convoluted the job recruitment process has become for some people. So a quick roundup of some of the points that interviewees brought up, uh, things that they themselves had gone through. So one interview talked about how she had to go through six separate interviews with nine different people people in total. She had to create a dummy presentation for a job that she ultimately did not get. Uh, Then the author of the article also shared a story about a former co-worker who was asked to create content strategy for a financial newsletter. Uh, She also had to sign a waiver agreeing for her work to be used for free. The company then ended up using her work even though she didn't get the job. Other experiences include going through uh, a series of intelligence tests, going through uh, a 15-minute questionnaire that was given to their reference having to answer questions about their high school accomplishments despite having left school many years ago. So admittedly, this seems to come from um, a certain risk-averse position from many companies. So the Vox article stated that some companies might do this because they're afraid of selecting the wrong candidate. And the fact that hiring and onboarding is an expensive and time-consuming process, and therefore they want to, I suppose, one, not waste time or money, and two, not have to go through the process of letting someone go in case they hire a person who isn't the right fit for the role. However, it does mean that a lot of interviewees and prospective um, prospective job seekers feel exhausted, frustrated, uh, feel themselves going through multiple hoops, um, perhaps ultimately to not get the job. Um, and then others, of course, bring up issues like waiting a very long time, not just for the interview uh, selection process itself. So f- the multiple rounds in the interview could go up to a couple of months, but then also taking a really long time to hear back from the company in terms of whether they got the job or not. So Essentially, it all comes down to this question of, is the job interview process today taking up um, a lot of time and getting more and more complicated? And what does that mean for prospective job seekers? So we'd like to hear from you. Share your job interview experiences with us, whether good or bad. We're taking them all. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We will be joined after this uh, by Deepa George, who is the managing consultant at My HRC. So if you have questions for her about this, about the interview process, you can send those through as well. Um, but in the meantime, keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. Bruce. Freddie Morrissey, BFM 89.9. It is 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. And we're talking about whether job interviews have become too complicated a process, too time consuming. This comes from an article in Vox that talks about multiple rounds of interviews, various kinds of tests, um, a long waiting time before hearing whether you got the job or not. And so we thought we'd try and understand what's happening, whether this is something we're seeing here in Malaysia as well. So we'd like to hear from you. Share your job interview experiences with
with us, whether good or bad. If you have questions on the interview process, you can send that through as well. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Deepa George, managing consultant at My HRC Services. Deepa, good to have you with us. Hi, Shamala. Nice to be here. So, as I said, that Vox article we started with suggests that job interview processes have become longer and more complicated, uh, you know, multiple different rounds and tests. Now, in the local context, have you seen this happening? Are job interviews today a much more complicated process? Yes, uh, I I hate to admit it, and I'm probably part of the problem as well. (laughs) Uh, But yes, definitely in the last, uh, I would say, 10 to 15 years, things have changed quite drastically. Um, And I guess it really depends on the function and the type of industry, right? So if you think about the past, there were really just interviews, but maybe different types of interviews. So you had a a single, um, you know, the hiring manager interview, maybe a HR interview, and then a panel interview. So it was just the type of, you know, the format that it took. But today, it's very common to have assessment, which might, as you mentioned from the Vox article, might be an IQ test. So measuring your cognitive abilities, and now with the whole buzz around emotional intelligence, and then you have case studies, role plays, presentations, and so the list goes on and on. So definitely there's been changes, um, not necessarily everywhere, but definitely for some functions and some industries, I would say. So what's changed, actually? Why is it now becoming necessary for there to be these additional steps? Yeah, so I think if you talk about the entry point, uh, and then the onboarding, and then the exit, as I think the article alluded to as well, Um, There are three parts, right? First of all, you want to have the best measure of someone's suitability as they come in. But the reality is today the jobs, you know, there's high risk, high stakes, maybe not very different from the past. But the onboarding process, everything takes a lot longer. And today's the specialized skills or the fields of study that then lead into a, a job for the future have changed so much. So, you know, you have things like, which were never there before, things like data scientists, environmental specialists, ESG, all these roles where you must think about the fact that potentially the interviewing manager or the hiring manager may not even be as skilled as the employee who's going to come in or the candidate being interviewed. So they need to have different data points to validate the suitability because perhaps in the past, it was quite clear the boss knew the job of the staff. But today, there are very much, you know, generational differences that sometimes a Gen Y or Gen X boss will not know what this new millennial uh, role is coming into. So they need different assessment tools for that. The other thing is the advent of social media for hiring, right? In the past, maybe you use with an agency, headhunter, you refer to the CV, but now you go directly, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's other social media platforms. So when the company uses our own channels, then the risk becomes higher. So that layer of validation might need to happen. Um, So again, they feel they want to take away things like bias. Uh, Multinational organizations have processes that might be in place in the name of structure and standardization. The reality is it it is more rigorous and therefore much more, you know, the multi-layers to it. So it does cause a bit of, I guess, more cumbersome for the entire candidate experience. You mentioned earlier that uh, some of this might be industry specific. Which industries might this happen in more than others? Yeah, I would say the probably the industries where, um, you know, the entry level uh, process remains the same in manufacturing, probably in FMCG, um, even, you know, another new industry that's only come into the foray in the last uh, maybe 10 to 15 years is the business services, right? Or um, as you call it, the shared services industry, very big in Asia Pac right now. So probably for that level, 
since it started till now, it's been pretty much the same. But if you talk about blended roles, there needs to be, there has been a lot of changes. Example, today you see multi-organized, uh, many organizations that have general managers and MDs who are probably engineers by training and specialization. But then they need to learn finance and then they become the GM and so on. Because business acumen and um, you know, data mining has become such a norm in the, in the organizations. So I would say not so much industry changes, but job changes. So definitely top level jobs, um, middle management jobs, which are blended in nature. So, for example, you might now need to have CFOs who understand sales or marketing before they become a succession, a successor to the potential MD or GM roles. So all these elements, um, you know, really require that kind of additional rigor. And like I said, in the past, we had a problem where there was insufficient data. So how do we make decisions with limited data? Today, we have the opposite problem, no? Where we have, mm-hmm. we are just bombarded with multi-information sources and channels and, you know, um, resources. How do you navigate through that? And make sure we are not using fake news and we are not using um, wrong uh, data sources. Um, so all these new skills and competencies, I think, you know, uh, lead towards having more rigor behind the selection process. Now, I recognize this can vary, but on average, how long is a typical interview process supposed to take? Okay, so again, I guess you can't pin it down to a I would say typical meaning if you were to generalize, right? So an entry-level junior position that might uh, require less, you know, sort of more uh, technical in nature, task-oriented would be probably about two weeks to one month. And then I would say the executive-level positions or, you know, mid-level positions could be about one month plus. Now, for senior roles, I think the clarity of the entire process needs to be provided. So I have seen that process take even up to three months, but there is a reason behind that. And I think the senior level candidates are a little bit more um, understanding and accepting of it because it does show sort of the level of, uh, you know, thoroughness and rigor behind it itself. So I would say two weeks would be probably for the junior most, one month plus for the mid-level and then could be any time, you know, even up to three months or more for very senior jobs. Ah, So on that point about clarity, is it okay for a candidate to ask for clarity on how long the interview and hiring process might take, what exactly it might involve, and how can they do this in a way that isn't taken the wrong way? Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely fine. In fact, it shows, um, you know, really an interest in what the process looks like. So two parts to it, right? I think the first part is, can they ask? Yes, absolutely. You you know, you it's a two-way street, employment. So you need to be able to ask these questions to clarify your expectations. So one is to understand the process. Second is to understand the timelines. And the way to do it is just to be very honest, to be, you know, to be frank. You could ask something like, you know, I understand the process may have different um, uh Uh, checkpoints. Can I just understand that to manage my expectations and also to ensure my availability? So that's one way of flipping it around to show that you want to be interested. The other thing you could say is, you know, may I know what other steps would be involved if I'm selected? Because how else can I prepare for this? And I'd like to do that better, um, you know, to showcase my skill set for the interview. So there are many ways to ask. As long as you're polite, as as long as you're professional and you want clarity, I think that's totally okay. One of the things that came up in the article, and and in fact, something that even anecdotally we were talking about in the office before the interview, um, is that people tend to take a, companies tend to take a long time to get back to candidates to let them know whether they got the job or not. How long is a reasonable amount of time to keep a candidate waiting? 
Okay, again, I think there's no time definite principle you can apply because each person has a different threshold or tolerance level. But I think, you know, a longer time, there are times when a longer time to get back to a candidate is seen as a good thing, provided the clarity of expectation was managed at the onset, right? So if you tell me very clearly, look, we're doing a comparison, we've got an internal process that we're going through, um, which is very robust. We need to have a comparison among different hiring managers. It's going to take about two to three weeks before we let you know, then I'm fine because I'll wait for that. But at the same time, there are people who get back very fast that also might tell you that they didn't even bother to consider your, your application and it's true in its true uh, value. Um, and also some people may be very good with the timeliness, but what was the overall interview experience like? And I'd like to, you know, candidates to think about that. Um, just as much as the employer is interviewing you for a role, you are interviewing the company, aren't you? So you don't want to, you know, have a company which is too secretive. If you ask them what are the biggest challenges they face, they don't want to share anything. Or they're so fast in their interview process because they don't want you to meet certain people. Um, I would really urge the candidates to ensure that you get an opportunity to meet the hiring managers. Some companies have interview processes where you do not meet your immediate supervisor. Um, I would actually ask, uh, who would I be working for if I'm going to be moving on in here? Is it possible for me to be, you know, to ensure that I get a chance to meet him or her? I think those things are important. So we need to look at timing, which is important, but also the rigor behind the process, because different people may put the value differently on these things. So what advice would you give uh, employers or HR managers on how to create a more uh, efficient interview process that also suits the requirements of the role? Okay, so I think um, you need to have at least two tiers or three tiers of a process. So, for example, if you have a standardized process for entry-level positions, mid-level positions, it's okay to not have a standardized process for senior roles. Because by the time you get to a CEO or MD level, you're probably looking at more of a chemistry chat. You're not going to ask the MD if he or she can do the job. It's much more contextual. It's much more about the cultural fit and so on and so forth. But for the entry-level and the mid-level, have standardized processes, set clear minimum expectations, right? So, for example, we know that if, you know, if this candidate doesn't meet ABC, then there's no point progressing. So in which case, if you make this objective, then it's also not you know, upsetting or insulting to tell the candidates, this is our defined criteria and I'm afraid you don't fulfill um, you know, much, uh, much, some of it and we are unable to progress. So then it doesn't look very much like it's any form of bias. And last but not least, I would really, you know, sort of restrain um, and, and make sure employers don't ask too much for people to share ideas for the organization. I think that was also in the Vox article where they steal your ideas shamelessly. It's okay mm. to talk through it. Um, it's okay to talk through it, maybe saying, you know, we're having this business challenge. If you're open and transparent and say any ideas on how we'd handle that, that would be great because then you're having an adult conversation. But when you say, please create a 25-page presentation and tell me how we're going to address opening a new market, then we know we're just trying to get those ideas and we're not going to hire each of those candidates, right? So know what you can do, which is standardization of mid and junior level positions, set minimum expectations and be very clear with the candidates what the process looks like and how long it will take. I think that's what uh, employers should do. Deepa, I, uh, we do have a voice note from a listener and I thought I'd get you to respond to it. This is from Danny. Sure. Yeah. Interviews are a very poor indicator as to whether somebody will be able to perform in their job. So what I suggest is to hire fast, fire even faster if they do not perform and promote the fastest. 
so use the trial and error method to decide who is a, a good fit for the job uh, and don't place too much emphasis on, on the interview, right? Uh, second thing I would like to say is about the IQ test. IQ tests have asymmetric properties. What that means is that low IQ is indicative of a learning disability, but high IQ is not informative. It does not um, indicate to us whether somebody uh, is capable or has the aptitude for a particular job. So uh, if we were to use IQ tests in the selection process, use it as a, as a filtering tool to filter out people with low IQ, but do not require candidates to have an high IQ because there are many people with very average IQ but are able to achieve uh, uh, a lot in their job provided they have the passion, uh, the, the correct attitude and the interest uh, in what they do. Deepa, your thoughts? Okay, so two parts to that. Um, uh, thank you, Danny. First of all, very um, you know good that he shared his insights. I definitely agree with the second part, which is about IQ tests. It's probably I like his word. Use it as a filtering. Look at as use it as a pre-screen to make sure that you know you have somebody who has basic level of analytical or critical thinking ability. You want that basic cognitive skills. Um, it does not in any way pre you know empt or guarantee uh, highly high achievement orientation just because they have a high IQ. It's very much dependent on the job and also the organizational culture. But on the first part, which about hiring fast, I think the reality is the risk taken. Let's look at why the vacancy exists. If you are trying out a new department, it's probably, you know, creating a new function, a new department. It's probably makes sense. Let's just get all the warm bodies in there. Let's train them. Let's hire them and then use the probation period to filter out those who are not working out. But when you're taking over a role that's already been there and you have quite a little bit of, you know, much higher stakes, the question is how much of the job can you pass on to the individual to truly test them out? So it might not really work out to be the level of trial and error we need to be able to decide whether we can or cannot confirm the person. Now, we're not saying the interview will give you that, but if you couple the interview with some form of a case study, even a role play uh, based on past indications, as well as a hypothetical situation. So one is, what have you done in this situation when you handled the project management challenge in the past? And then you extrapolate and use that to say, now, if you had a similar situation in the future, in our industry, what would you do differently? So then you can compare what their past behavior would look like together with what they would do differently in future. I think those are indicative of the person being able to then think on their feet being a critical thinker and beyond just basic interview questions. So I definitely agree about the IQ on the, on the first part. I'd be a little bit hesitant, provided it is, you know, unless it is a role that is simply newly created and therefore the risk might be a bit less. Now, to go back to going through a lengthy interview and hiring process, how can job seekers identify when a job isn't worth the time they're being asked to put into that process? Hmm. Okay. So again, I guess it depends on what the value is. And the reality today is it's about basic demand and supply, right? So there are certain jobs which are called hot jobs, um, which is, you know, business critical positions. And once you get this person, you want to guard them for life because there might be only a select few of these individuals in the market. So if you, so from a candidate perspective, if you value the experience overall, because it is probably indicative of the, what the organization is like then I would say that the process matters more than the time of the duration of the, the, the entire interview process. So even if you tell me, you know what, this period, 
the management team will be traveling quite a bit. So the entire process is going to take six weeks to two months. Are you okay with that? Then you've provided the clarity. I actually respect the organization for that. Secondly, when you've gone through all the you know hoops and you've gone uh, through the interview process and assessment, the job uh, offer process. Now, to me, it's very indicative. If you like the candidate, you can get the offer on the table fast. Again, that makes a difference. So to me, I would value that. But if somebody comes back and says, you know, we have the CEO to sign the offer letter, but he's traveling at the moment, would you be able to hold on for two weeks? In the meantime, I'll give you an email to confirm the offer in good faith. Are you okay with that? So it's really about how the employer manages the entire experience and then what the candidate values, uh, you know, in terms of being important. Is it the time? Is it the process? Is it the rigor? Or in this case, could even be transparency of the organization. Deepa, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you, Sean. That was Deepa George, Managing Consultant at MyHRC Services, weighing in on uh, long and complicated interview hiring processes and why they've become increasingly common these days. Share your job interview experiences with us. Do you have good stories, bad stories? Send them through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Best flipping moments. BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It's 5.38. You're listening to Evening Edition with Sharmila. And we've been talking about job interview processes um, earlier on, uh, specifically from an article in the Vox that says job interviews seem to have become increasingly uh, longer, more complicated, taking multiple rounds. And so we've been asking you for your thoughts Share your job interview experiences with us, whether good or bad. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with a voice note. This is from Anthony. I heard you saying that uh, some companies are afraid of getting the wrong people into the job into the company, but. Of course, everybody uh, don't want to get the wrong people into the company and waste time. But uh, aren't everybody given a probation period between three to six months? And if they do not prove to be capable of uh, what they should be doing, then yeah, they, the company can always uh, let them go within the what they call the uh, probation period. Thank you for that, Anthony. And and yes, I, I agree. That's actually what the probation period is meant to be for. Um, but I, I do think, though, that even with a probation period in place, often for a lot of companies, the time spent onboarding a new person, um, showing them the ropes, assessing their capability, monitoring whether they are hitting their marks, and then having to put in place the letting go process. Um, I'm not saying that it's necessarily the right decision to make. But I think for them, it may seem more work than it's worth it. Um, And perhaps they prefer to uh, circumvent that by putting in place more complicated processes or more, um, more rigorous filtering processes at the beginning so that they hire the candidate they that most closely resembles what they want. So I think it can go either way. I do agree, though, that that is what the probation process is meant to be. Um, We have a number of other thoughts coming through. Let's see. We have TIDJ saying, 
Yes, job interviews have become too time-consuming. The phone screening, the written assessments, sometimes twice, and the interview itself, sometimes at two different levels. I'm happy that I was authorized by my boss to interview and hire someone earlier today. Just one phone screening by HR and one 15-minute interview before we offered the job. Wow, that's actually a really quick interview process, DIDJ. It's, I guess it's nice to know that with some companies... Um, there is that level of flexibility given by the bosses uh, to empower. Uh, I'm not sure what position you're in, TIDJ, but I suppose to empower the ones below them uh, to make these sorts of decisions. I think as our guest Deepa mentioned earlier, it might also really depend on it might really depend on what the job is and what the role is and whether it's inc- uh, incredibly specialized, whether it's more junior or more senior. And then this can differ in terms of how much information you might want at the interview stage. Uh, Madiha has a point to make about um, the frustrations from the uh, applicant's point of view. So Madiha says, applied for an internal transfer to a location in Putrajaya, having specific qualifications related to the department of interest. I I was called up for an integrated interview with multiple other departments present, waited more than a month for a follow-up on outcome, ended ended up receiving placement in a completely unrelated department in KL instead. Can only decline if I agree not to apply for another transfer within two years. I give up. Oh, that sounds incredibly frustrating, Madiha, and I think brings up a um, an interesting point that perhaps we didn't discuss earlier, which is the notion of an internal transfer and what happens when there are certain restrictions in terms of what you can say yes and uh, what you can say no to, right? Because in this case, this not being allowed to decline if you weren't going to apply for another transfer. Now, that, of course, can be quite restrictive. And at least to me, sounds like something that will prevent many employees from thinking about uh, moving within a company. And I don't think that that's really a positive thing. Uh, So do keep your thoughts coming. Share your experiences on interview experiences with us. Uh, whether good or bad, you can call us double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.